All right, here we go. Uh, episode 36, Strong and Petty, here in the Whiskey Tango Studios in St. Patel, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Um, we lo- we're down a man. We're down a mic. We're down a mic. We feel empty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Devin Penner is... Uh, what a, what a shitty time to to go on like a winter vacation when all of a sudden it's like six degrees. So beautiful outside. out. Yeah, like, you would think that it would be a safe bet that if you left Winnipeg in uh, the middle of November, yeah. you would be escaping some kind of cold. But uh, yeah. taking his truck down to Ottawa too, like you could find a better cause than that. <laughs> yeah, like uh, global warming helping us all out here. Obviously, um, no Devin's in uh, Florida right now visiting a uh, friend of the show, Pastor Mike. There, I think you're. I'm sure they're going crazy down there. I'm sure it's probably pretty wild. Devin said, Devin, <laughs> he's so funny because Devin's such a simple guy. You know what I mean? Like, he just he requires so little. Yeah. He's like, he's, I think he said on the show before, is like his bucket list thing that he had to go see, like his number one musical act that he had to see was the singer from Stained. Yeah. And he saw that. Not even Stained. Just Aaron, <laughs> no, just Aaron Lewis. <laughs> not Stained. Just the guy from Stained. Yeah. Which is, which is, you know, like, maybe next will be the guy from Default. <laughs> maybe next, maybe next after that, it'll be the guy from Puddle of Mud. So yeah. he, he, I know he went and saw that. He said it was a, it was a thrilling minute for him. So congratulations to Devin for seeing his, his, bu- like for a lot of people, you'd be like, what's your, who's your bucket list? Like, I don't know, like the Rolling Stones, mm-hmm. uh, Eminem, Dr. Dre. Like these are like, like bucket list artists that you would yeah. be like, I, I don't know when I'll get a chance to see them, but if I ever do, I yeah. will take advantage of that. And, uh, the guy from Stain. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pumped. Too. Yeah. <laughs> So he'll be gone uh, this week and next week, but we'll uh, we'll soldier on without him, and we'll we'll do our very best to to manage. Um, how's the rabbit? Big ass Captain Carrot's great. Yeah, litter trained him. That's that. See, that blows my mind. I didn't know that's what happened with rabbits. I guess that yeah. makes sense. But you would want them just shitting all over your house. But yeah. I, just, I guess I just figured they crap all over their uh, their their containers. But you actually have them in a litter box. Yeah. Oh, amazing. It's funny. I because uh, they don't like hardwood. There's no grip on the padding of their feet. Right. So I have like uh, a carpet end that I put in his room, but it's kind of like a, a third of the room. So I wanted to give him more room. So I had an old duvet that I don't use. I spread it out and he kind of started pissing on it. <laughs> so like every two days I'd wash it, yeah. put it back, wash it. And then Haley was like, put the litter box where he's peeing. I'm like, well, he's peeing all over the carpet right. or all over the, the, thing. The, the duvet, right. but not on the carpet. So I put the litter box on the duvet. And, uh, like Sunday night, it's like, what if we just took the duvet out of there? And we were both like, it can't be that simple. <laughs> no accidents. Really? Just, just straight. Like I'm a, I'm a litter box rabbit now. Just, just take it, took away where it wanted, where it wanted to go. Simple yeah. As that. Well, you're an expert rabbit trainer now, obviously. Apparently the got rabbit all, whisperer. Got it all figured out. <laughs> um, so I'm, we got some, uh, some very exciting strongman stuff to talk about here. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very, very. Happy and excited and, and thrilled and proud and all that to announce that. Uh, so over the weekend, friend of the show, Magnus for Magnuson, had his uh, his big competition in Iceland. Um, if anybody is familiar with sort of Manitoba Strongman in the summertime uh, on August Long and Gimli, they have a qualifier for the uh, the Magnus Classic. Um, Tristan won that one and 
goddamn if he didn't win the whole thing in Iceland. So congratulations to Tristan Hoth. Like that's uh that's a amazing. Huge, a huge win. Like a, tr- a truly an international um like a huge international win there for him. And I it's it's really hard to overstate that that's uh a big fucking deal for a guy that uh, was certainly not considered. I mean, I, I think considered by people who didn't know him, maybe. Yeah. As somebody who would make a big splash. Because I know that he's not, um, you know, this, this Pavlo Kordiaka was on the, the roster. He's the current Europe's strongest man. He's a world's strongest man competitor and a, and a good one at that. Yeah. Um, there was Paul Dwyer, who's uh, Ireland's strongest man. And he's a, he's like a perennial Giants Live competitor. Um, Rongo Keane, who's the, he's the world's strongest man competitor. He also won the Magnus Classic last year. Um, it was just like a, this list of guys that was like a really, real, uh, Shane Flowers, who's a, who's like, he would have been the favorite to win. Yeah. And he came second to Tristan. So it was really, or third, sorry, third, Rongo then Tristan. Um, it was just like, and it was a, like a super convincing win. Like it wasn't like, oh, he really stuck that one out by the, by the crack of his ass or whatever. Yeah. Like he really, he uh, he he did consistently well in in all the events. He won one or one maybe two events. Um, just like an awesome performance, and and also friend of the show Tristan Hoth. I'll say that. Is Canada he, taking over strongman. You know, it's I've, I've said it before. When I when I you know when you see the top, let's say the top uh, eight to ten <clears throat> Canadian strongmen, like they're guys that you can just drop in to any competition. Yeah, and they're not gonna they're not gonna be left in the in the dust, and they're not gonna you know. And there's a there's every chance they can do well podium or even win now yeah. we, we we see that you know being proven here again and again like at the shaw classic the the the, the open one the canadian guys always just fucking rock that one um tristan at the at the magnus i'm looking forward to seeing guys like jeffers and ben court and um all the guys who are going to uh, uh joey lavalie who are going to do uh the osg stuff yeah like they're just gonna they're gonna go and they're gonna make fucking noise and like or even and to say jeffers too like he went to the arnold's and got fifth place in the amateur division which is a very 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 tight division yeah so it's just awesome to see uh or tight competition it's just awesome to see these guys go somewhere and be like hey we're not not only are we really good here we can be dropped anywhere and just fucking crush so yeah yeah congratulations to tristan we're gonna i want to get a little bit more into that though because he he had a competition that was just like it was. I think Provik put it really well. I'm just, I'm just pulling up my, my list of the my notes here from it, but Provik put it really well. Where this is like a, um, and it makes sense being like uh, Magnus's competition, and he tries to make it a very like uh, traditional style sort of strongman, and everything is, is sort of themed around Iceland. But it was really all of them were tests, like like good manhood tests. Mm-hmm. It was all natural stones. It was um, you know axle deadlift. It was all these things that are just like hard hard to do, and you have to be strong to do it. There's there was there's there's technique involved in everything in strongman, but these ones were very like you have to be strong for these. You can't just technique your way out of a lot yeah. of these. Um, so Which I, I really like. Yeah. Um, I don't love that it, of competing because I'm more of a technique. Well, so, you know so that, I mean? that's like, the thing. You, yeah. you kind of give and take. Um, deadlift suits in strongman. Yeah. I was never a fan of. Yeah. You, there's no suits in the um, ones. Just straight brute force. Yeah. And things that guys can technique their way into. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm a very technical lifter right. in everything I do, uh, but I don't like it in strongman. Yeah. Like just be massive and be strong. This, and, and Tristan is a, like a, just a, like a brutally strong guy where he's got these, just these big fucking mitts that are really strong. And, and when you watch him lifting, say on his Instagram and stuff, you might always see, you might see some stuff where you're like, Oh, it's not the most technical, but goddamn, he doesn't get it up though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, and you can't like. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, he's not be, not being technical yeah. enough when he's when he's lifting more weight. You know, like yeah. what does it matter? And he's and he's getting better and he's improving. So it's just like it's awesome to see. I've always said an ugly win's better than a pretty loss. For sure, yeah. And that stems from from football 
Yeah. Where you, you, you play a bad game. If you get the win, take it and move on. Yeah. But it's the same thing with, with strong men. And, and even when I was powerlifting, you can have a squat that's just a struggle. Looks like shit. Yeah. But if you get your white lights, yeah, it does, it ta- just, take it. It just doesn't you know matter. I mean? Yeah. And we uh, we see that with Tristan too, where he's a guy where, like I, I said, going into this competition, that it's going to be really a good one for him because he's got such a great grip and such big, strong hands that when so much of this competition is based around natural stones, yeah. Um, and and things where you just have to just to grab it and pick it up, whatever. Like that's you, like you can't pick up a natural stone if you have a weak grip. You don't you don't have, and like you have like the tacky towels, which are like, you know, virtually nothing. They're very yeah. they're very very little. They make yeah. your hands like kind of like a little dry and sticky. You know yeah. what I mean? But uh, so like the well, let's get a little bit into the events actually here. And we'll, let, let me throw a question in here first. Sure. I know the answer, but um. Non-strongman listeners may not. Natural stone versus field stone. Same thing. Same thing. Just just different yeah. just different terminology. I, I know we flip back yeah, and forth, yeah. and someone listening might think yeah. that they're they're two I think, different I think things. field stone is kind of like uh the 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 older term for it. Maybe I don't know. That's I, why I, I used. Yeah, it. yeah. They, they you, you hear natural stone a little more often, I think now. But um, so they st- they started off with there. So there's a three day competition, which right there is a is brutal. I've done that okay. once for CSM, and it's it's rough. It's very I very imagine. rough. Yeah, three competition or sorry, three events each day over three days. Um, it, it's it's a lucky thing for them that it was held in Iceland where they have like those like uh, natural like hot spring pools yeah. all around. So there's like pretty good pictures of like thirty fucking strongmen in the or not thirty, but like the whole roster of strongmen in yeah. this like tiny little pool all squeezed in there. But um, the recovery that you have to have between three days of, co- of competing is brutal. It's terrible. Yeah. Your, your nutrition, your water, your recovery yeah. has to be on point if you want to just last yeah the last day like when i when i did csm like i was very lucky that i had gian there because she would be like you need to drink water and eat yeah. something because I, I just want to go to bed i'm like i'm, I'm yeah. done like uh, the adrenaline was so high um especially because on the first day of csm we competed a friday night so it was just like we finished at say like six or seven and i was like i'm done like this is that's that's the end of the day for me and she luckily pushed me to, not, to make sure that was not the case but yeah um so day one they had the sandbag toss which was probably the only like actual like really like um I'm gonna look at the list here. Yeah, pretty much the only like li- like pretty event of the yeah. of the weekend where there's like a like a lot of like technique to it, and you can you could have been one of the the smaller, uh, faster like power based guys yeah. and beaten some of the big dudes. But uh, the like Tristan did really well on that one. I think that I think that Pablo Cordiaco won that one. Who's like if you if you see him, he's like he's like six foot four, and he look like he's just very athletic and lean like he's not like a traditional strong man that you would think of as a ukrainian guy super super strong and and uh but also very explosive and athletic so he looks mm-hmm. he looks different than say even a guy like tristan who's really really just like yoked yeah um this guy looks very different standing next to some of those other strong men um the the there was a there was a funny one in that one too there's this guy who's a matt riddle who's a spanish guy and uh he threw it up and everyone thinks this won't happen but he threw it up and it got stuck on the the apparatus yeah and so what they were using was they were they were throwing it up onto like um there was like stairs up to this walkway so they were throwing it up onto the walkway and some guy who i guess he was part of the show i don't know but he just like looked over and saw that and just walked over and pushed it back (laughs) to the guy to throw it again and he was like fuck i didn't like like, magnus makes it you know if it was anything like our like the the qualifier if it's up and it gets stuck it's good don't worry about it okay but the guy threw it back over so he's like i don't so he just started throwing it again and eventually someone told me didn't have to anymore but you waste a lot of energy doing that yeah totally um so that, after that one was the the stone press, which was uh, rough for a lot of guys because mm-hmm. it's just, it's like you can't practice it. You can be you can you can use the block, 
Yeah. And you can be a great presser. You can you could have a fucking really amazing um, barbell press or axle press or log press, but that stone is just different. So it's, different. And it's not you know obviously it's it's a it's stone. It's like a literal stone that they pulled out of a field, and they and they pick really nice ones that look good, and they're they're shaped nicely so you can get a handle on them and stuff. But it's not uh, what do you call it? It's not balanced. It's not like. The weight's not balanced. Your hands aren't even. Right. There's yeah. like radial and ulnar deviation. You hope There's you can a find lot of a, factors. Yeah, you hope you can find a good grip on it or yeah. something. You know what I mean? And and a lot of guys, they they do um, too typical of like a push press. They think too much like it's like a log or whatever where they get it in front of them like this here and then they do their knee dip and then they whatever. But when it's so far in front of you like that, when you dip down, it just goes like, in, like exactly what your oh. elbows just did the stone is now in front right exactly and you have yeah. no leverage yeah so eventually like some of the guys knew it right away and some of the guys would try it the the other way and then they'd realize that you have to do more of like like an olympic style press where you like lean way back it's the way that that mitchell hooper does his log and stuff but you lean way way back and almost get more of like a hip pulse like a hip drive yeah rather than thinking about uh too much light drive because it's i mean if you can do it that way great but i find that most people almost like when they had overhead Pressing and powerlifting way back in the day, exactly. It's, it's where guys idea. would turn it into a, a bench an press. incline bench press, yep. and then it's a lever at the end yep. where you're standing under it. That's and that's what is the, was at least in this competition and what I found in my own training is have to be the most effective. I'm not like a huge a huge block presser or anything, but I've hit an okay one, and that was the way that I did it for sure. Was making sure that it was less leg drive and more thinking. Like if you can get a real, real good incline on it, um, and you're you're strong in that position. You know, you can incline bench press 285 because the blocks are never really that heavy, right? Because yeah. it's just you're, you're accounting for the, the balance yeah. and stuff. So if you, you don't need too much leg drive if you're in the right position. Um, and that was a. Got to interrupt for one second. Is there yeah. any kind of parameters for what size the stone has to be? Like, I. No. Really? So you no. just pull a stone out of the ground and away you go with it? So, as an example, like for the for the Magnus, the Magnus qualifier in Gimli, like Devin and Travis Classen just went to a, to a quarry and just dug around until they found stones that kind of made sense. You know what I mean? And they spent all day doing that and just like had a scale and they were just weighing it out, whatever. So they, um, they picked stones that like made sense. Like when you looked at them, you're like, okay, those are good pressing stones. Mm -hmm. But you know, looking like looking at it from a camera view of, you know, 30 feet away and what you see when you're right next to it, trying to find a handle is usually two very different things. Right. Um, there was a nasty one where, uh, uh, Teddy Theodore, who's a, he looked, he's the six foot 10 Icelandic guy who's in there. He came. He came into the first Magnus Classic with us here, and he was like, "I have a picture with him where I look like an absolute bitch compared to him. Like he's just just completely dwarfs me." Um, he he pressed he pressed the stone. He lost it backwards, and it just went and sliced his back like on the on the way down. And that's what we're talking about these edges and these these things of these stones. Is there's a there is a little bit of a risk to it. Like it's not it's not a nice smooth atlas stone. It's not a barbell where it's easy to to kind of drop and get away from Step you. Out or, of- yeah, or even worst case scenario, you know, the barbell hits you and it's like, oh, that hurt, and then it kind of you just move past it yeah. or whatever. But yeah, it was a pretty nasty slice on his back and on his on his finger too. Actually, it was a good good chunk of skin lifting up from his finger. So uh, I think he's okay. He he can complete the competition and everything. But hopefully, that's not anything that leads to anything too serious for him. Um, Tristan did really well on that one though. That was a, that was one of the ones where he really showed that it's like, oh shit, like just having those big fucking mitts to pick up a stone say. and just like he, he's and he's also a great presser too. He's a he's got a he's got a really really good like. I've seen him. I, I'm, he'll if you know if this is wrong. Sorry, Tristan, but I've seen him like strict press like a 365 log or something like that. Like he's just super, super strong in, in his press, and and that's gonna and having that strict press ability with a with a stone or a block or whatever is really, really gonna help. Um, so following that, there was the the stone to shoulder. Again, just natural stones. Um, it went up to like three 
80 maybe i think it was so it was it got real heavy um and this and just the same thing too like you'd watch these guys where it's like just it just it's it was hard for them to make sense of the stone like how to pick it up and how to get it to their to their shoulder would you and, lap it yeah oh some guys didn't some guys were really they were like there's uh uh Shane, uh Sean Gellin i think his name was who's an australian dude and he would just pick it up and just put it to his shoulder pick it up and just put it Jeez. to his shoulder and that that worked for the first 3 i think and then didn't work for the fourth and then he was kind of stumped after that mm-hmm. but um yeah again T just grabbed that one and and just uh, he made he made very easy work of them all except for i think the last one was a little bit challenging but really uh it was a really good event for him and that's and that was one where i saw that and i was like oh yeah this just has his name all over it where it's just yeah. pick up this heavy fucking thing and put it on your shoulder like that's when again we we're talking about like manhood events like that's like yeah. a classic right um so that was the, the end of day one where i think i think tristan finished in second that day so he's already doing really well yeah. so he's already he's you know canada was uh was up behind our boy and you could see like i was trying to avoid because it's they they air uh, on the Rogue YouTube channel live, and I want to say it airs at like four in the morning or something like that because of the time change. So I woke up and I was like, oh shit! So I tried to do my best to ignore all the messages and all the the Instagram stuff, whatever, and just to like watch it for myself. But uh, that you know, you start seeing on everyone's stories like, holy shit! Like second place in the show. Like he says at the end too, he wasn't expecting that because mm-hmm. I, you know, when Max dropped out, I think everyone and uh, JF was supposed to do it too, but he's having his he's having some personal issues and then. Um, Max is just, I think, just not feeling where he needs to be from his, his injury. He broke his leg last year. Yeah. And, uh, or this year even. And, um, when those guys dropped out, we were just like, shit, like this, they, this is the third time they're doing it. And it could have been that, that, that three for, or two out of three going to Canada, which would have been, you know, which was, it would have been awesome. You know what I mean? So, um, when those guys dropped out, we were kind of like, shit, you know, it's like Tristan's going to do well. We all know that, but you know, I don't know if, I don't know if a win was in there. And uh, man, did he ever shut us the fuck up? So that was that was awesome. But he uh, and it was you know it was one of those things too where I think a lot of like if you watch like say Big Laws is a guy who has a a, a strongman chat show on YouTube that has like a lot of uh, steam, and like they would and and no disrespect to Big Laws or anybody because nobody knows nobody knew who Tristan was. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you if you didn't do your homework, he's not a guy who would stand out to you as like this guy could take this whole thing yeah um so anybody anytime that somebody talked about him or we're talking about the show or whatever it was like yeah here's pablo cordiaca here's everything he's ever done here's paul dwyer blah 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 blah. uh tristan hoth he uh qualified in a show in canada uh here's uh you know and, and, it was, and it was just it was moving on to the next thing very quickly and so i think that it probably you know tristan's a, a a humble guy but there probably is a little bit of satisfaction in being able to make so it's like now you have to fucking say my name yeah. and you have to talk about me a little bit yeah um because yeah it was it, I, it's nice to, it's nice when you hear when you hear these these big shows and these big names talking about guys that you know it's like, I try, I've, I've competed with them, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I've 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 uh, it's it's nice it's just nice to see the the right guys get the the shine. So day two, um, they they another cool thing about this show too is that they changed the the scenery. So day one was um on the beach uh in this, this Icelandic beach with just like the ocean behind them, so it was just this crazy picturesque. It looked like the leveled up version of the Gimli show. Where okay. they do the, they do the Gimli show on the lake and it looks really really beautiful it's amazing they did it the first year at least and then uh, this last one they uh, uh, or sorry the 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 Magnus show they do it on the, on the beach too and it's just like it's a real sight to see and then on day two they did it around so they have a, a place in Iceland where they keep the Husfell stone okay. which is where it's it originally was it's like around a, a sheep's pen that's made of stone and uh, you carry the stone around the sheep's pen right so that's that's how it's done um, they started with uh, the front hammer hold though which is like 
you know, not my not the most exciting event, whatever. But mm-hmm. it's just a good little. It's like a it's a event for the guys that's not gonna crush them to death. Yeah, you know, it's something where it's um like a like a weird kind of like a strongman will win that one where the guy who's not your typical uh, strongman, the guy who's shorter, the guy who has shorter limbs. Yeah, he's gonna do better on that one than say a guy like. You know, if you think about the extremes of it, like Thor Bjornsson, like he's not good at that kind of stuff because his arms are so long. It's yeah. just not it's not his competition or not his event. So that one was all right. Tristan did good in that one too. I think he got second or third in that one. Again, like just just continuing like I, to, to kind of draw from somebody that we know, like Dom, like the same way that Dom would do it. Yeah. Where like second, third, first, but mostly second, third. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, just, and just stay consistent stay and just in stay hunt. in the running. And we saw all kinds of flips in the... Like the guys who won the the sandbag toss did shit in the next event. And the guy who, who won that one did shit in the next event. Or and it was just, but but Tristan and a couple other guys were just consistently. Vilius being another guy who uh, uh, did really really well too, and and stayed with uh, that kind of the upper part of the pack the whole time. Um, and then after that was the the Husfell carry, which is like the the iconic Icelandic stone that everyone I think everyone's pretty aware of. If, if you if you you can call it a shield carry or whatever, but I think most people call it a Hoosfell carry, yeah. even if we're in, in Canada not using anything even close to that stone. Um, so they, Vilius, I'm not going to take a stab at his last name because he's Lithuanian, but he came here for the first uh, Gimli one too, and just a fucking amazing guy. Smaller dude, like 118 kilos, and he was smaller when he came here too. Yeah, um, Super light guy for that for the strongman scene, and uh, just awesome. A super explosive, former Olympic lifter, so just everything he does is fast and explosive and good. And he picked up that that stone, that four hundred pound stone, and just fucking ran with it. Like just ran. It was it's it's a lot of those guys. They pick it up, and it's you know exactly how you would move with four hundred pounds on your on your chest. And uh, he's just like awesome. So he he holds the current world record for the who's fell around the pen, and he missed it by thirty centimeters this time. Oh no! So way. he was right fucking there, right there. But it's a good. It must be good for him to know that he still uh, he still got it in him like that. So. Um, he did that. He did awesome in that one. He took the win in that event, and then Tristan did, did third, I think, in that one, where he he again just used those fucking mitts where the stone slipped out of sort of his forearm grip, which is that how you want to start with, yeah. right? Having your hands around it, or if you can grab your own hands, or whatever it might be. And then he was just literally holding four hundred pounds with his hands for like a good another, let's say, 10, 15 feet, and then dropped it. And it's just like not many guys could do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not not many guys on any kind of level could. Have the stone slip, hold it in your hands or for a little bit longer, yeah. and then get it down. So fucking credit him for that one because that was pretty wild. Um, there's a there's a good story too where uh, Thor Bjornsson did it one time, and when he set the he set a record on there that's that's been since broken, and uh, it was like obviously you know you watch Thor and it's just like wow that's fucking amazing, and then some dude who was just like in the area like a farmer who's just in the area was like can I get that a shot, and they were just like uh, yeah I guess, and he picked it up and he was like five feet less than Thor. Wow. Yeah. Just like, and then just like, whenever you see that, there's just like, oh, like average Icelandic male. And then it's just like him, just like yeah. <laughs> crushing this fucking, almost crushing like one of the best strong men to ever do it, uh, his world record. So I swear every show that I've ever been to has some guy in the stands. Oh, that, yeah. Absolutely. That wants to try something because he thinks he can do it. Absolutely. Like this, this is rare that he did that. Yes. Half the time they can't even pick up the implement. But before shows start, I used to let, look around and be like, who's the guy in this crowd? Right. And you could almost always pick it with some sort of accuracy. Well, there was, when we did nationals, um, Candace and Jenna were were volunteering and working the front door for us. And some guy was like, he walks in, a little, little bit of a rougher looking guy. And he's like, hey, do you mind if I uh, come in and check it out? They're like, well, you can pay and check it out. 
Yeah. And he was like, well, I, I just want to just like see what's up. I'll, you know, whatever. They're like, no, that's, that's not how this works. So credit to them for, first of all, for yeah. <laughs> keeping their ground on that one. Cause I know that could be a little annoying, but, and then, uh, so he just stood by the door for a second and he says to, to one of them, he was just like, you know, when I was in jail, there, there were guys there way smaller than all these guys who could do way, way more weight than yeah. all these guys. And it was just like, okay. Like, it's like, this, yeah. that's, I mean, that's absolutely not true, but like, yeah. fuck whatever, dude, like whatever, yeah. whatever makes you happy. Everybody in jail is strong and everybody outside of jail is really, really weak. Um, but that's, there's always like the, yeah, there's the dude, like, or we were, when we were in Gimli for the competition, uh, Dan and Pat each got either one or two on the log. And, uh, there was guys that were like behind our Iron Age people being like one, <laughs> like <laughs> as if they could ever in their lives, yeah. like dream of hitting a three thirty log or whatever the fuck yeah. it was like, but it's just, it's funny to see people's perspective on the, on uh, strongman when they have no fucking clue what they're yeah. even capable of. There's always an amateur bodybuilder with his shirt off. That was that was that was always one of my always. character tropes that you'd always yeah. see. Is the guy stand, like he would he would show up with the shirt on and then pop it off while he's sitting there. Yeah, and sit there with his arms crossed and kind of give. He might not say it, but he would give the look of like, I could do this if I if yeah. I wanted to. If I was fat, I could do this. Yeah, but I'm not, and I have abs. So. Yeah, that was uh, the, yeah. There's always a, next year we should do a, a strongman bingo card. Yeah, absolutely. For, for every type of person that oh you see. Oh my god, absolutely. We've yeah. Um, so following that one was the the farmers carry. So they they did this one a little weird too, where they just had two two rocks that they attached handles to. Nice. So it was offset. They weren't the same weight. They were close to the same weight. I think they were like six kilos different, something like that. Yeah. But they're offset a little That's bit. Dirty. It's a, it's it was disgusting. And, and what made it even harder too is that it's raining too. It's a it's a it's an Icelandic winter there, right? Yeah. Um. So it's raining. They're going around the sheep's pen again with it, and uh, it's like it's a it's a sheep's pen that's made of stone. So the ground around it is uneven. There's smaller stones all around it. It's mm. not like you're like you're walking around like on like a track or something like that, right? Like it's a very uneven, very weird, sketchy sort of surface, and uh, it makes for it to be a lot harder. Like so, the the guy asked asked Tristan, he's like, "Oh, so how's your the interviewing guys asked him? He's like, how's your grip?'" And Tristan sort of whatever. And anybody who knows Tristan knows that he's one of the best grips probably in the world. Yeah, like he's he's only a few like. He's only a few pounds under like the double overhand axle deadlift record right now. Yeah. Um. He's just a, a grip monster. So he kind of like looked around. And was like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> so, but when you see him and he's he's walking with the implements and he's the implements and he stops and he's still holding them, but he just can't walk anymore. Like his grip was fine. Yeah. It was just because he he said his his legs were fried from the hoosfall, but he just couldn't like. That's a fucking grip right there. Yeah. Where it's like your legs give out before your grip yeah. does. You know what yeah. I mean? So he, uh, yeah, he did really good on that one. I think only one guy got past him on that one. And um, so that was the end of day two. Um, and it was, again, like a brutal one where two where it was, it's, it's, it was raining that whole day. Like the, like the camera was getting, you know, wet and rain on it and stuff. Sleepy boy today. Oh, eh? man. I'm spent. Holy smokes. Um, so day three was luckily for these guys a little bit nicer. They were... Um, I think they were in like in like Reykjavik, like in a, in a, in a kind of, or like a village around it kind of idea. So it was like a small little community there, whatever. They're all lifting in front of all these big buildings in the area, something like Viking Hotel or some shit. Um, the one they did was that was kind of neat that you don't see very often was like a hoist one. So they had like a I don't know what you call it, like a backhoe, I guess, okay. or a crane of some kind, whatever. And so they're they're pulling, it goes up onto the crane, and then it pulls this giant sandbag that's behind them up to the very top of the crane. Okay. So seems easy enough, except for that it's not like a ratchet, so that if you just let it go, it'll just fall. So your grip has to be fucking fast. You have to be on point with it. If you slack on a pull, it comes back down. It comes back down. And you yeah. would see that a lot when guys were doing it. 
is it would go up and then down a little bit, and then up and then down a little bit. And the guys who were really good, like, say, Tristan, who won it, was just – it just flew up. And it Sweet. didn't have, like, that – it barely even slowed down between between pulls. Like, he just really had it figured out. Um, so, yeah, there was, like – like, Pavlo got a really great time in that one, and then Tristan beat him by, like, half a second or something like that. So, awesome run on that one for him. And that one's – and, like – that's one that you just like you can't you can't train for something like you do an arm over arm pull sure but mm-hmm. the timing on that is fucking different like, I was watching guys trying to do it I was like I don't know how I would figure out the timing on this without just doing it and trying it because you don't have that moment to be like where you if you're doing like a, t- a typical sort of like arm over arm where you pull collect the rope and then pull again collect the rope quick just, hands on the collection yeah but that, you, you that wouldn't work on this it wouldn't matter so the yeah so uh very very challenging event and and that was the uh, Tristan's I think that was his only event win but he uh yeah, I think that was the only the only event win that he had. Um, after that one was this is this is kind of the one where I thought it might fuck up the points a little bit because there's it was the deadlift and then the log and I was like, well, there's probably a few these guys who haven't done well and say like the Hoosfell or the bag toss. There's probably guys who are like, I'm fucking waiting for the deadlift yeah. or I'm waiting for the log. Yeah, like, I'm waiting for these static strength events to really just like score some big points and fuck up this leaderboard a little bit. Um, but the the deadlift was fucking hard, man. It was uh, an axle from it looked to be pretty close to standard height, uh, seven twenty five. Oof. Um, Reps was, for a minute. Yep, and they and they do uh, they have like these like they're like um, big weights that they attach to like trawlers, like the nets. Yeah. Um. So it's like they're these giant like they look kind of like a typical sort of like giant strongman deadlift thing, um. But it's like a rusty old thing, whatever. And they're all it's all fused together, so it's one solid piece. So guys were like struggling, even with straps, they were struggling to keep that grip on the bar, um, and uh, like like they would be be coming up to get a rep, and it would just roll it out of their hands. There's nothing they could do about it. And uh, Magnus actually said in the commentary, which normally I would not agree with, but I mean, this was a, a very clear example of it. Was that like it might have been worth trying even with straps, trying a mixed grip on this one, because it was just even with straps, it was just rolling out of guys' hands. There's nothing they could Ooh. do about it. And then, goddamn fucking Tristan shows up. And he does it like you could see he was doing it the way that you would do a double overhand strapless deadlift, which is you kind of get that little bit of a shrug. Yeah. You know, you get like the little bend in the elbows where you're kind of like pulling it, whatever. And uh, yeah, he banged out, I think, like six or seven reps that way. And it was just like, just just the weight alone. Never mind being on an axle, never mind with the obvious grip issues. Just getting that kind of weight alone is is very impressive. And And you're already seven events in. And you're, and that's exactly like, right. You're, 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 you're the, the second event of that day, the seventh event over three days. You know, he's, I'm sure he's a little jet lagged. He's, you know, what, you know, the end of the season, just the cumulative fatigue you get from the end of the season. It's just crazy to see that that, that kind of shit, be able to pull that, pull that stuff off. It's, it's, it's amazing. And, um, like, like, and then like Shane Flowers say he got, he had one, I think he ended up tying with Tristan and then his, his strap broke. So there's things like that you just can't account for. It's just it's yeah. weird. It's weird shit like that though. But uh, yeah, that was a very very challenging deadlift. And like I, man, I'd like to think that I'd have one or two in me at that in that. But it's you can't ever predict. I'm like, well, I'd have to be flying to Iceland, you know, then all the all the ups and downs of the adrenaline and stuff that you'd have the, the, the exhaustion that comes with that. Yeah, the exhaustion that comes with two days of competing. The exhaustion that comes with having just done an event. And it's like, well, I have no idea if I could even hit one on that. Like, I just, yeah. I just don't know because it's just like you couldn't, you couldn't possibly begin to guess with when there's so many factors like that. So that was fucking bonkers. And then um, the last event of the day or event of the competition was the the log. Um, they do uh, four logs, where the the last, the third to last one is the Magnus log, and then the very last one is the the Jan Paul Sigmarsson log, um, which is like 
brutal. It's uh, like the log itself is, I think, probably a, a 10 or 12 inch log, but it just has these huge, like it looks like they look like giant bells at the end, but it's just big pieces of wood with a rope wrapped around it. But man, the balance on it is crazy. Watching guys clean it is really like it's really, really challenging. Um, and those wooden logs are different too. I don't know if if have you ever pressed like a Slater log or yeah, yeah. Yep. So when you when you press those wooden logs, typically the handles aren't as deep into the log. They're like shallower a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Which makes for just a very weird experience when you're trying to clean and press this thing that you've you've if you use like say like a typical metal log, your hands are like right in the middle of it. Yeah, grabbing those handles. And it was just like you can see, you could see like we did that in the in the, in the Magnus one for Gimli, and I was like, oh shit, like this is not the same, you know. Yeah. And and uh, you could see that too with some of those guys cleaning the, cleaning the big um, the the Jan Paul log that it was not uh, not your your standard one. Um, but guys were like, and I was right. There were guys who were obviously waiting for this. There were guys who like viper pressed the first three logs. Oh yeah, yeah. There were guys who strict pressed the first one. You know, whatever it might have been like. There were guys who were like, finally, like my my fucking event that I can do some damage. Yeah. In. Unfortunately, it's the very very end of it for some of, for most of these guys. So um, I know that Tristan needed, I think, two two logs to win, and he ended up getting a third one. So yeah. just sealed the deal for him, and it was just like a it was, and he was <laughs> he was he was a good interview too throughout it. You know, I always I can always appreciate with my with the wrestling background somebody who's like not only good at strong man, but is also fun to talk to afterwards for yeah. the, for the interview portion. Uh, Rongo Keen is like this dude. He, I think you'd appreciate him. He's like a, a Maori guy. Okay. So he's like big, like uh, he's not Samoan, but he looks like he's a big Samoan dude. You know what I mean? He's like he's got the he's got like the the hand poke tattoos all over him and shit. Okay. And he's huge, obviously, and uh, he always competes shirtless. Like he never like he just like he'll be in Iceland in the winter time just competing shirtless. <laughs> and he's just uh, he's a really great interview where they where the guy asked him. He's like, you know, what does it mean? Because he won last year, he's like, "What does it mean for you to be returning as the the champion to defend your title?" And he just said how much it, how important it is. Where he's he's not just you know when he when he competes elsewhere, he's uh, before this he's just you know uh, carrying his name and, and 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 whatever comes with that. But now when he when you win the Magnus Classic, you're carrying Magnus's name, and you have to show that you can that you deserve that, and you can handle that, and, and all the pressure and weight that comes with that. And I just thought that was a great way to make sure that everybody knows like how important these shows are. Yeah. Where it's it's it can be easy to sort of lose sight when a show doesn't have world in the in the title or you know Magna or um, excuse me or um, Arnold or whatever. But these shows are really important and they're yeah. and they're a big deal and they're and they're a stepping stone hopefully for guys like Tristan and 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 Vilius and whoever else might be involved with them. Um, but yeah, so it went it went Tristan Rongo Shane Flowers who again like Shane Flowers is like to beat him is. You are beating one of the very best guys in the world. Yeah, um, he's from England. He's fucking amazing. He's young. He's got a crazy deadlift. He was banging out those seven twenty like before a strap broke. He was banging out those deadlifts like it was his job. Like it was yeah. just no problem at all. Um, if you if you would have seen him by himself first, you would have been like, oh, it's too light. They went they went too light. Like this is this oh, yeah. is gonna be way too easy. And then he was just smashing it. So to beat those guys is just like is really really impressive. Um, I know that they. Uh, I, I wish I'd written down the exact quote, but Tristan said something like, "Yeah, it's pretty fucking cool to be here right now," or, so, or something like that. So you gotta love somebody who's just like talking on the fly like that. And, yeah. and then uh, it's it's like I said, it's nice to see, it's nice to see an opportunity for um, you want these shows to be breakout events for guys. You want guys to be ready for them, and you want them to be, uh, you know, as ready as they can be to take that next step if it presents itself to them. Yeah. And he did. He did exactly that. He 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 had a very convincing win. He. Uh, like I said, there was there was nothing where it was like, oh, you know, you know, Pavel Kordiaka didn't have the performance that he that he wanted to have. I don't think like nothing, it just, he just didn't really get out of the starting gate on a lot of the events. Um, Europe's strongest man and world's strongest man competitor, but you know, 
Europe's strongest man on his worst day is still Europe's strongest man. Yeah. He's still an amazing competitor. Yeah. That you if you beat him, you've beaten one of the very best in the world. And and Paul Dwyer, another guy too, where he took he took Max's spot. So he was a little slow or excuse me, a little late to get, you know, training and invites and stuff. But he you know, Paul Dwyer again on his worst day is a Giants Live competitor who's He's Ireland's strongest man. He's done a yeah. bunch of cool shit. So to, just to beat these guys and Shane Flowers, who is who is on top of this game right now, as far as I'm concerned. So these guys are uh, awesome, and Tristan to beat them is just, you know, putting putting him in a in a category that I hope, I really really hope that uh, the Giants live people, you know, the the world's strongest man people might be thinking a little high right now, but the Giants live people, I really want like that's the sort of the the stepping stone to get to worlds. Yeah. And I really hope that they see this performance and, and see this as an opportunity to get like just a new face if nothing else. Yeah. You know, when you watch those giants lives, they can kind of start to sort of like blend together because you see the same 10 to 12 guys, mm-hmm. maybe one or two new guys in, in the mix, but it's just, it, you start seeing the same people and it starts to feel like, yeah, I feel like I saw this one already. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've, I feel like I've seen this competition. They all kind of have similar events. They all do the stones. They all do this and that. Um, but when you can start to have somebody in there that's like, Oh, this Tristan guy, I've never heard of him before. Not only does he look the part because he's fucking huge. Yeah. Um. He has credentials now to back him up. He's won. Yeah. The, he's won the Magnus Classic. He's coming. I think he came in fourth at uh, his first CSM. Like he's, he's very young to the sport still. Yeah. He still has so much more progression to go. Not to mention that like while he was doing this, he was opening a, a gym in Edmonton. Yeah. He's in the process of opening a gym right now. So if you that's a lot. Yeah. You know as well as anybody that like just the stress that comes with this, like, like the day to day stress. Yeah. That who who knows what messages and texts and stuff he was getting. While he was there, like, hey, the fucking toilet's broken or yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? Any, like, Sorry, I'm um, in Iceland right now. I can't help you with that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that kind of shit, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just nothing but nothing but uh, congratulations and and huge credit to, to Tristan Hoth, who um, I would I would have to hope and assume is on to bigger and better things now yeah. from this. What's his gym in Edmonton? It's called United Strength. Um, it's run by him and... I know I don't know his last name. I know Larry Big Cat. I know he's and he is a big fucking cat. He's the powerlifting side of things there. Okay. He's a fucking I'm gonna show you some of his stuff after. He's a fucking monster. So it, is it like a strongman? It's strongman powerlifting. And I think they says he think he said they do weightlifting there even too. Okay. So if you're in the if anybody's listening to this from the Edmonton area, I, I couldn't I couldn't recommend another gym more than uh United Strength there. Um yeah, this this Larry dude, he's fucking yeah, he's like front squatting like six hundred pounds for reps Oof. and stuff. Like he's just like a fucking animal. It's so it's it's fun to watch him. He he was the dude where he showed up. So with the the westerns where I got my pro status, he was sitting in the crowd and he kind of seemed to know everybody and and I didn't, but I didn't know who he was. Yeah. And I was like, that's not the guy that we were talking about before. <laughs> that's not the guy. <laughs> no, that's not the bodybuilder who's like standing in the crowd like, oh, you know, I could fucking do this. Yeah. I was like, why isn't that guy? Here competing, and then I found out that he's like an elite level powerlifter. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, as long as he's doing something, that's the <laughs> that's the important thing. Um, but yeah, so what, what, what do you have for time there, Robert? Uh, thirty eight, thirty eight. Okay, yeah. So that's uh, that's pretty much the the strongman happenings for uh, for I mean internationally. I'm gonna, I was gonna say locally. That's not fucking local. That's international, baby. Um, I have my Cuba trip. I'm leaving this Thursday for it. Not really. <laughs> Yeah, let's chat about that a little bit. How did you feel like when you were when you were when you ran the gym and you had like your like, did you did you ever go, go on like a vacation like a hot weather vacation or something like just a vacation? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Not not traveling to compete. Yeah, that's that, that, that's why I'm clarifying. Yeah, yeah. Um. Just a vacation. I had a, a Dominican wedding. How did you feel like going to that? Not excited. Yeah. 
That's how I, that's how I am with it too. Yeah. Like I'm going to get there and I'm going to have a blast and it's yeah. going to be fun and I'm yeah. going to enjoy myself, whatever. But I'm kind of just dreading it right now, to be honest with you. Like just like, yeah, I, get that. I, I don't want to be away from the gym for that long. Yeah. I don't want to be away from my own training, my food. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very much like a, like I'm very much a, a creature of habit. And then when I break that habit, it takes me a little while to get things going again. Yeah. So like in a smaller example, like if I go out and, and drink on a Saturday night, uh, I'll be hungover and shitty on Sunday. Yeah. And then I'll get like, let's say, 40% back to my regular routine by Monday. Yeah. And then I'll be 75% by Tuesday. Yeah. And then Wednesday, I might be back to 100% or whatever. It doesn't just like flick back on again no. like that for me. And that's it's shitty, but that's just the way it is. That's why I just don't just opt to not go out now, basically. It's, it's just easier not to. Yeah. It's not, not going to that reset. When you talk about time. like cheat days or cheat meals with people. Yeah. Uh, getting that in your system. But you want it the next day and next day. Right. It can derail like a full week. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, And then the the travel with it, being away from the place that you love. Right. Uh, your clients, making sure they're all taken care of while you're gone. Right. Um, you know, talking to your partner while you're gone. Uh, it it obsesses. It stays in your mind. Yeah. And, and you're trying to like compete. You're trying to have a good time. You're, right. But it's just, do I check my phone? Do I not check my phone? Right. Uh, even if things are going good, you wonder what's not going good that you're not being told about. Sure, and, yeah. yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I just, I, I don't, uh, 10 days feels like a long time. Um, we had to add an extra day in Toronto because it was just like, it was either we have an overnight stay in Toronto or we have one hour to get from, 50, 50 minutes to get from our flight to Toronto to our flight to Cuba, Yeah, which becomes international and, and all that. So we were like, yeah. no, that's just not going to fly. So me and Gian will spend an extra night in Toronto and we'll go. Do something fun there. We're yeah. going to go to the aquarium there. They have that big Ripley's aquarium. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll check that out. And, but yeah, the idea of just like, I don't know, man, like I just, and I'm sure that people who are listening who like maybe run their own business or whatever can probably understand a little more that it's, it doesn't feel like I'm getting away from work. It feels like I'm getting away from something like very important to me. Yeah. Which I don't particularly want to be away from. Yeah. You know, so. And then uh, we're in a service-based industry. Right. Um, so, Part, part of what we do is I'm in front of you providing a service. Right. And you have 10 days of not doing that. Well, that's, and that's the same thing with Gianne too, where she's a hairstylist. Yeah. And so people will ask her, like, oh, you must be excited for your trip. And she's like, well, yes, but, like, it's 10 days where I'm not making any money. Yeah. And it's and the thing is, is that, like, it's it's not like, a, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of sort of like a, like a one-for-one here. But, like, if you're – if you – I'm, I'm struggling here. But it's the, – the idea that you're – when you're on a client-based thing too, it's like – you know, you don't want to tell your clients like I'm unavailable for this period of time, because yeah. then it's like, well, then that's that's one little push for them to be like, you know, I did want to try somebody new anyway, or whatever, totally. whatever it might be. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, you know, I'm, I don't think that Gian's in too much of a threat of that because she's good at what she does and she keeps her clients. But, but it's not like we're Devin who sits behind a desk and does nothing all day. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Where he's called, I, I don't think that anybody has opens more packages of dick related things yeah. than Devin does at work. I think that's, yeah. that's about, that seems to be about. Seventy to eighty percent of what his of what his days consist of is opening things, opening boxes from mystery deliverers that are uh, like penis candies or something like yeah. that. Seems to be the, the majority <laughs> yeah. of what he does. Big in the siding community is, <laughs> is penises. But there's a, but there is an example actually that you, to use Devin as an example where it's like when he when he leaves he's getting a break from I mean probably not mentally but he gets a break from sort of his work and shit where. The, the machine goes on without him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the, yeah. the, the he's 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 got a business that's set up in a way that it's like I can he can walk away for a little while and feel probably pretty confident that things are gonna continue. But yeah. when you're talking about a small business like that, like whether it was your gym or my gym, 
and uh, you know, you said like you're 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 all client based and everything. A week for uh, telling somebody, and I and I'm not giving any of my clients the week off, just so everybody knows, you're all going to be still working out while I'm gone. But the idea of it being like, you know, some people are just sort of just barely hanging on when it comes to to training yeah. or being in the gym or whatever. And if I say I'm gone for ten days, they're like, okay, great, we'll we'll pick up when you get back. And then those ten days show up, and I'm like, hey, where are you? It's like kind of oh, like what oh, we were talking about with the diet. Yes, yeah. You give them ten days off, and then turns into 12 and then something comes up and that and and now you're like you you haven't done anything for 14 days right like very easily yeah absolutely yeah so it's uh i'm gonna we're, we're gonna be doing our best to make sure that they just and and you know chris is there to, to do his part of the gym there too but you know we, we have our own clients and our own yeah. jobs and duties there and stuff so i just i want to make sure that everything is smooth as can be while i'm gone and it will be um other stuff that we got going on for strongman shit is uh the well, it's actually no way. I want, I want to get a little bit into the Cuba stuff. So yeah, what I wanted to tell you was, so there's a, a bench press for reps competition. Yeah, and I don't bench press because why would I, right? Yeah. So for this one, I've been kind of getting back into it, doing some like pause stuff, whatever. And I hit like 385 for a pause double. I was like pretty happy with that, and I was like feeling feeling okay about it. And then I can I might I might have told you this already, but one of the guys, uh, Kevin Coron from Quebec. Just hit a 560 in competition. Oof. Raw. Just hit a, a raw 560. That's insane. It's like, okay, well, that's not, not going to be a good event for me, but yeah, whatever. So, But this is reps. This is going to be for reps, but I would, I would be shocked if it was less than 400 pounds. Okay. Like it'll probably be right about... So you won't know until you get... Because we, we've kind of gone back and forth on this, right? I, don't, I still don't know what it'll be. Okay. They don't send it out or... No. Uh, JF has a very like, very, very like JF way of doing things. Yeah, okay. Where it's like... I'm not gonna ask. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know. I mean, at this point, it's not gonna change. So you're gonna get what you're gonna get. Exactly. And he, uh, he, it's just it's one of those things where the quote that he uses all the time is "the strongest man will win," and if you know that's absolutely true. Yeah. And it's always nice to prepare. It's always nice to have you to be able to put your best foot forward. But if we're talking realistically for this, if it's like 350 or 400, I'm gonna train the same anyway. It doesn't really matter. Like, I'm not gonna. It's not going to make such a difference that I'm like, oh shit, I trained completely wrong for this event now, and now I'm not ready for it. Yeah, um, and it's it's one of those things too where, just for me personally, it was it was the same thing with the Magna show, and we did it too. Like nobody wants to be the fucking whiny guy who needs to know the every detail of every yeah. single thing. Well, nope. some people are content being that guy. Some people do want to be that guy. Some people do want to be that guy. <laughs> some people, I can tell you from running nationals, some people do love being that person, or at the very least, they're unaware of it. And um, it's never the guys that win. No, no. <laughs> it ne- it, it's it's never. Those guys are, are confident and they know their training, and it, it's always a guy looking for an edge. Yeah. Uh, where yeah, it's always those guys. Yeah. So we uh, <laughs> yeah. So you know, I think it's I think there's something to be there's probably something that can earn you a little earn you points with uh, the higher ups. Where if you're just the guy who just like, okay, whatever it is, I'll do it. You know, the lunch I mean? like, pail guy. Yep, exactly. Just yeah. just just show up. Like that's like I I. I'm basically describing a guy like Dan in, in, in my head right now yeah. where it's just like they're just going to – whatever it is, they're going to show up and they're going to do it. So yeah. it just doesn't really matter. And that's, and that's what I kind of try to be with these shows too because, like I said, like it was the same thing with CSM too. I didn't know a lot of the details, a lot of the rules and stuff. But it's like what does it really matter? Like I'm going to yeah. show up and I'm going like, to try harder or less hard based on yeah. – you know? So didn't really matter that much. Um, but, yeah, it'll be uh, – <laughs> There's like a there's like a tug of war and stuff too, which, which is like we I've, I've never done a, a, an event that's like – 
uh, directly like man versus man yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like it's I've done head to head stuff, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But I've never done one where it's like you know any kind of like wrestling type thing, if you want to call it a tug of war wrestling or whatever. Um, so that'll be interesting too because I'll probably be one of the lighter guys there, which is kind of terrifying. Crazy, but yeah, <laughs> Sean Hayes says he's down down close to where I'm at, but I suspect that that's bullshit, and he's probably <laughs> three fifteen, three twenty, or something still. Yeah. So we'll see how that all that goes. So Devin walks in the gym and he says, "Reverse grip deadlift." What am I, atheist? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's been a great episode, everybody. Thank you for listening. We cut it a little bit short. Uh, check out next week the second half of this episode. Yeah, we just we had uh, so much fun talking with Devin here that we decided just to keep it going. And uh, thanks again for watching, guys. And pay attention next week for a whole lot of nothing to do with lifting. <laughs> <laughs>